and welcome to Talkie Talk, podcast for the media by us. My name is Brent, and I am here today with Chris. Hello. And TJ. What's up? And we are going to be talking about the things we've been watching lately, and then we're going to follow that up with a little discussion of some news, and after that, we'll uh, give you our recommendations on what to go see uh, at the movie theater this weekend. So, uh, y'all been watching some things? Yeah, I started uh, the Amazon Prime series that I've been waiting for for a year, Jack Ryan, with... John Krasinski, who we'll talk about in depth in the next podcast. Cool. It's fun. Does anybody start it? I'm about four episodes in. It's about how far I am. Yeah. It's not bad. I mean, it's not like amazing television. Yeah, I was going to... Somebody asked me what if I would recommend it, and I said, it's kind of hard. If you just already like those types of shows, I would. But I don't know that it's necessary TV for anyone. Like, I kind of feel like it's trying to find some different angle on the tw- on like 24 and Homeland it's got that vibe to it to me never watched either one so don't know yeah but it's I don't know I I kinda I understand that's what they're gonna do it leans a little into action I think he's he's gun toting for more of the series so far than I would have guessed yeah but it's still pretty good and it's it's not just that so it's okay like I don't mind it Explained the way it's being explained and why he's, yeah, more of an action star because he's definitely just an analyst in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he keeps saying that over and over again. Yeah, I'm just an analyst, <laughs> but no, it's fine. I mean, the dialogue's a little campy, but it's it's fun. It's not not fun. Mm-hmm. Does he have any moments where he looks into the camera and just does wide eyed yeah. expression? <laughs> no, he does not. Jim stays away. I kind of wish they would have gone uh, alternate history and just put Jack Ryan in the eighties, young Jack Ryan in the eighties, like when the when the books start. Yeah, I think that would have been fun. I mean, we've shown. I think that there's fewer shows like that. Like it would be similar to the Americans, possibly, but there would be something fun about it if they went that if they went that route. Yeah. But I would recommend it to anybody. I mean, as long as you like things that are fun. <laughs> <laughs> I'm anti-fun, personally. Uh, that's not my kind of thing. <laughs> what else have you been watching? That's literally it. Oh. We've been uh, doing like some minor construction around the house, and pretty much every hour not working or driving has been spent doing that. I sleep some, I guess. <laughs> nah. What about you, Chris? <clears throat> I watched three movies. Ooh. <laughs> My life has become more free recently. Nice. Um, yeah, I watched three movies. I know a couple of these have been talked about before, so I'll do them quick. Uh, I didn't hear any of the discussions on either of these, nor was I present for them. So <laughs> Better than being present and not hearing them, I guess. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what you guys just said about Jack Ryan, so <laughs> it happens. Uh, I watched the Netflix original uh, To All the Boys I Love, I've Loved Before. Uh, yeah. It was uh, the just like searching on just watch for available for streaming and really highly rated and something I hadn't seen before. So I was like, I'm gonna watch this. That's a sweet little romantic comedy. I know David's watched it. I don't know if he's talked about it on the cast yet. I don't think he has. Oh well, good. Fuck you, David. <laughs> Jeez, you just got jumped. You don't like fun. 
But yeah, well then, if you don't know, uh, and the discussion hasn't happened, it's about a young woman, she's like 17, and all throughout her life, what she's done, anytime she's had a crush on someone, she's written a love letter, and then just like, like stuffed it in her journal, and never delivered it, never done anything with it. And then after, you know, complaining about how bored she is, and how, you know, how loveless her life is, her little sister uh, mails them all out. Yeah. <laughs> And so nice. it's it's her kind of dealing with the the fallout and the um, you know the the complicated emotions that come with uh, having crushes on people in high school and the you know that awkward like do you like me do you like like me like that kind of stuff mm-hmm. that sounds cute yeah it is cute pretty predictable but yeah it's you know it was a it's a really well delivered romantic comedy so. It's hard to miss. Yep. Um, well acted. Seems like a, like a pretty inexperienced cast all around. Um, Fun. Not a, not a whole lot of recognizable names. I, I really remember. do love a good like predictable rom-com every now and then. <laughs> yeah. They're just fun. Um, and it's really kind of tapping into, I get to say my word, into the, the zeitgeist post-Crazy Rich Asians where it's um, uh, the lead is an uh, Asian woman. And it's like zero. It's 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 like a race blind movie. There's like no mention of it, mention of it, or anything. Like her name's not like like Chang. It's mm. her name's Lara Jean, and it's just like regular ass story. Um, so I, I don't know. I I also really I like appreciate. It. <clears throat> yeah, um, it's really really easy thing to to do that will give me a uh, a bump. Yeah, I like that. Of it. Yeah, you can tell that they just like wrote the wrote characters, and all that matters is what the character. Yeah, can can this person act well mm-hmm. for our role? Um, so it should be. Yeah. So yeah, so that was good. I you know enjoyed that. Um, another movie, and I think TJ, you talked about this. TJ Brown, I think you saw this earlier in the year. I watched Hereditary. Ooh, I've still not seen Hereditary. Do you like it? I did like it. It's weird. It's very fucking weird. It goes places that I wasn't expecting. Um, I'm really into horror movies that have a... Um, that have that, like... Something unnatural is at play here. And have, like, that that bent. Yeah. That's... That, like, airs on, like, the demonic, satanic, whatever. That's not just, like... You know, oh, they're a ghost because ghosts like that. That I find kind of boring. So that that hereditary kind of goes like you know those creepy devil worshipy places is yeah. is really interesting. So one thing I we can definitely talk about without with Brent present is uh, did you see? I've written a review on hereditary when it came out a couple months ago, but uh, I thought it was really cool how they played in the miniatures into the film. Yes, where like scenes would start and you didn't know it really like. Uh, disoriented you if yeah. you were in a miniature or if you were in the house. Yeah, that was the miniatures were also <clears throat> creepy as fuck. Yeah, they were. Like the breastfeeding t- one. Tony Collette needs a new hobby. Yeah, like that's. <laughs> why would you do that and not realize like, oh, this is creepy as fuck? Did you have a part that scared you more than you thought you would be scared going into that movie? Yeah, early on. And is it the lady in the dark? Yeah. Yeah. Just like just being there, 
fucking horrifying. There's no like sting. There's like musical sting. There's no anything. It's just like there's just someone there. It was like her turning off a light in the basement essentially and seeing her dead grandmother like you know as far as Chris says to me but in the black like not very clear oh. but almost like she's just standing for a portrait. She's just like oh. Yeah. It's super unsettling. <laughs> yeah. That's that's the thing is that it's 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 this movie isn't scary really. It's just unsettling and uncomfortable. Which I totally give points to in a horror film. Yeah. There were no jump scares. Uh, there were a couple, in my opinion. They weren't accompanied with the normal, like, boo, like, attitude from, like, the music and the editing. I mean, there were, editing. Like, things that were happening on screen that were horrifying, but I wouldn't have called them jump scares. Near the end? Uh, no. I think, I'm trying to think of the words to use that don't, like, super give away. I, th- I think that when everybody is starting to, like, break down. They use an event as kind of like a horrifying jumping back point that is seems like a like a, a cheap trick for shock value. But we'll talk we'll, we'll talk later. I don't think it's on I don't think I don't think it's gratuitous. Right. And I think you can be non gratuitous and still be a jump scare. Sure. One of my favorite reviews though was uh very well casted. Uh, like, horror kids need to have that face where you don't know if they're 8 or 80. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, poor girl. But yeah. yes, that is accurate. And then that, uh... That boy, I forget where he's from. It, like, clicked with me one day. Alex and, Wolf? Yeah. Yeah. I forget what I've, what I've seen. I'll just click on this fucking name in Letterbox because I have it in my hand right now. He's uh, been in some stuff. Yeah. Jumanji, that's where I oh, most yeah, recently right. remember he's him from. The, the guy who turns into the rock, yeah, in Jumanji, but yeah. So I, this guy, hmm. but yeah, I I was entertained. I still got Tony Collette as a top five of the year for me so far. I thought she was really really good. Yeah, I think overall I gave it like three and a half stars. I think I was at four. So yeah, yeah. wasn't wasn't super impressed, but I thought it, I really think it falls apart at the end. I kind of agree. Maybe it, not falls apart, but I know. I think I know exactly what you would talk about, and I would kind of agree. I think probably one of the hardest things that there is to do in Hollywood as a writer is ending a horror movie. There's a certain amount of ambiguity throughout the film that gets almost definitively answered. I would say like unnecessarily, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah. Um, but I still recommend seeing it, um, especially if you're cool filmmaking. Really yeah. cool shots. Yep. Really cool shots. Um, you know, there's some some really effective, uh, gross shit that happens in it. Um, um, first time writer director too, which is impressive. Awesome. So yep, watch that. And then the last one was another like, oh, this is highly rated and a bunch of stuff. Um, but it is uh, streaming on. It's not streaming. We paid money for it. It is a. Uh, the movie's called The Endless. It I is, remember when that came out. It is a movie about uh, two brothers who have been living 10 years away from the community where they grew up, where it was essentially a cult. Huh. Um, and one day they receive a videotape from the cult that basically says, like, if you never hear from us again, like, the ascension is happening. And the little brother being like, I kind of want to go check it out and see, like, like, just, like, be there on the sidelines during the Ascension, whatever the cult has said that is. Yeah. Um, but, but it's, uh, it's, it's really neat. It, 
it kind of shows its hand a little early by including the the two directors, Aaron Moorhead and Justin Benson. They're like young, they haven't really done much, mm-hmm. um, but they're also the stars. Oh, cool! Um, and they are they're they're pretty good. I mean, it's for like a I think it's their their sophomore effort, you know, writing and directing together. But it's interesting. Uh, but to showing their hand uh, early on, there's a there's a quote from Lovecraft, so you kind of get a clue about what's happening. Um, because you know, as they return to the cult, they realize like maybe they were on to something. Nice. Uh, but it's really it's, it's a neat movie. I like watching movies about cults, uh, yeah. and especially like sleepers like this, where it's I've never heard of this movie before. Yeah, you flipped it on. Um, Did you find it on Netflix or or you paid for it? You said paid, it was yeah, I paid like three bucks for nice. it on Amazon Prime. Um, I remember seeing uh, like really good reviews, looking for movies to watch during the 2017 push that were good. Yeah. And I was like, ooh, this has got good ratings, but it like wasn't available anywhere yet. Yeah. Yeah, that's and that's that's the the entire reason why we watched it. Was yeah. that it had really good rating. And then I was like, Do you want to watch a trailer? We watched the trailer and because I was like, Oh, that looks really good. And I was like, Yeah, let's let's do it. Nice. But it's another like uh like young not young, but like kind of inexperienced cast. There's a couple of names that you would that you might recognize. Uh Callie Hernandez. She was a Alien Covenant was in that. She was in La La Land, uh, in Song to Song, as one of the thousand people in that movie who didn't do anything. Yeah, well, she's um, the girl who didn't do anything. <laughs> Just ate oatmeal and walked through a field. And then another <laughs> another name that Kelly recognized that I didn't is a uh, Lou Temple. I think he's just like a, 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 a uh, he's a tall, silent, uh, or quiet, bearded, southern-looking guy in a lot of stuff. So he's in lots of like. I was thinking maybe I think I've bought Mazdas from him. <laughs> Low Temple Mazda, <laughs> come on down. We're giving Mazdas away. Only Low Temples. <laughs> but yeah, I recommend all three of those movies that I watched, and that's all that I watched. That's a good week. Yeah, three for three. Three for three. There, but none of them scored. None, none of them broke the four star barrier. Yeah, that's where most. That's where most movies. Most are. movies should be three, three and a half stars. I feel mm-hmm. like. It's yeah. Pretty normal for a movie that I'll go out of my way to watch. I'm still not disappointed if I watch a movie and say, eh, it's two and a half stars. Yeah. Well, before we get to Breezy. Breezy? Uh, yeah, so I've uh, watched three movies and two TV shows, and uh, one of the TV shows we've already talked about, and I haven't finished it, mm-hmm. which I wonder if that's a sign that I don't, that I only like Jack Ryan, I don't love Jack Ryan, just because... I watched the first four episodes pretty quickly, and then I was able to just stop for a while. Yeah. <laughs> um, I didn't regret watching them, but at yeah. the same time, I didn't feel compelled to, like, ooh, what happens next? One thing we didn't talk about, and I'll just mention real quick, I do like the, like, financial aspect of the terrorist. That they're, like, financial geniuses. That is a fun twist on the terrorist. They're not just, like, jihad revenge. I mean, it's, they are, but they're doing it through, it, Well, like, yeah, and it's interesting that their backstory... Uh, yeah, I like, told Chris something about that, like, yeah. the... Their families were bombed and they were almost killed. Yeah. yeah. But um, the other show I've been watching, and I mentioned this a week or two ago, was uh, New Girl. I've been yeah. catching up on New Girl. I'm in season six now. Wow. And boy, that, show's, that show remains very fun. Nice. There was a very fun crossover episode that I didn't even know they ever did um, 
where the gang goes to New York. They go to see Schmidt's something for Schmidt's high school he went to, and uh, Jess basically her she's driving a car in uh, in Brooklyn. She's trying to go get some food from a deli, and her car gets commandeered by uh, Detective Peralta. Uh, yeah, Jake Peralta. Nice, and. He takes her to the 99th precinct and uh, to like get reimbursed after he wrecks her car, and uh, so she gets interactions with several of the people from from Brooklyn Nine Nine, which is which is fun. Yeah, I like it. It's it's a very old fashioned thing where it's like, you know, let's take. It used to happen a lot. Yeah, yeah, Um, and it is it's corny and hokey, but it's at the same time it's fun, and uh, I really liked it. But. but yeah, that that show is is uh, checking all the boxes for me lately. Nice, nice. Maybe but, I'll give it a go as a, like a fall asleep watch. Mm-hmm. It's good for that. Nice. Uh, the movies I've seen, I don't think I've talked about this one on here. It's been a couple weeks since I've seen it, but uh, we didn't do a watch list uh, last week. So um, it's a movie called Ulzana's Raid from the nineteen seventies, and uh, it sounds like some kind of like blank exploitation film. It does. <laughs> um, I don't know. I was fascinated. So after I watched uh, Whatever Happened to Baby Jane, mm-hmm. I started looking at that director's filmography, and he was kind of all over the place. Like he did, he did Whatever Happened to Baby Jane and The Longest Yard. Yeah. And The Dirty Dozen. The remake of The Longest Yard. No, oh, no, no, I'm just kidding. No. Damn it. Um, <laughs> I'm saying it's quality filmmaking. <laughs> Terry Crews. <laughs> But, uh, anyway, one of the movies that was seemed to be highly recommended was this movie, a western called Ulzana's Raid from the 70s. Sounds, and, sounds uh, like you didn't love it. Um, I didn't, well, I didn't love it, but I, I, I thought it was very good. Okay. I did think it was good. It was, uh, it's sort of a Vietnam allegory set in the American West. It's basically about how these cavalry soldiers find out that there are some Apaches doing horrible things, and they take it upon themselves to try to go put an end to those horrible things. And they're led by this idealistic young captain who's played by a very young, very young Bruce Davidson, who you would recognize as the, uh, in his later years, as the senator from the early X-Men movies. Yeah. Um, But it's like a 21-year-old Bruce Davidson in that movie. Hmm. Uh, Burt Lancaster plays this sort of old, this this American who who kind of knows the ways of the Apache. He's kind of the only character in the movie who just understands there's no winning here. And then the because the cavalry is trying to do things very straightforwardly, and the Apaches are are just slaughtering them in different areas and whatnot. And so it's just sort of about it's about fighting an unwinnable war and whatnot. Right. And uh, it's it's very well done. It's a good western, but it's a uh, it's a tough watch. It's a it's a pretty it's kind of a chore. It's a nihilistic movie. Um, it's not that long. No, but so I've never seen this before on box office on Wikipedia. It just says four fourteen five five nine admissions France. <laughs> <laughs> like that's how many Frenchmen saw the movie. <laughs> I'm guessing. <laughs> You didn't know that that's how they, they do uh, box office numbers? <laughs> they calculate the number of Frenchmen see it? <laughs> they multiply that by the number of countries it was in? <laughs> it's the algorithm. Yeah. 
Really um, simple math. Wow. Dude. Wah. <laughs> did, you, did you just yo, did you say, <laughs> the number one in French is just saying Wah. one but more French Wah. Yeah. Wah. 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 two, two. <laughs> three <Wah. laughs> no, four yeah. um, you have to be chance of getting player counting it's like every now and then it's like you know is uh, Avatar is number one in the box office but is that adjusted for French flation like <laughs> Um, I told you Brett would be good <laughs> the dad joke <laughs> yeah. kick everybody's ass so uh, after that I watched a movie from the 90's that I had uh, never seen before um, it always sounded really boring to me when I was growing up and totally like this movie would have come out when I was like 9 I think 1993 and uh it's a movie like my family never rented because my mom also probably thought it sounded boring. But uh, the movie Searching for Bobby Fisher, yeah, it's good. It's really good. Yeah, it's a a surprising movie in that it is it is very much a like a crowd pleaser type of movie. You know, yeah, like it's a it kind of hits all those notes that the that like my mom would have loved. Yeah, twenty five years ago. But um, yeah, really enjoyed that movie. The movie. Have you seen it, Chris? Mm-mm. It's about... That's a no for any podcast listeners. Yeah. I haven't been here in a while. I don't re- so, <laughs> remember that nonverbal cues don't translate. <laughs> I've I'd never really known what it was about. It's about it's a true story of this, uh, this kid in New York who gets discovered as a chess prodigy when he's like, I don't know, eight years old. And um, it's sort of about... His dad, who's just like a sports writer. Joe Montana? Yeah. Trying to figure out, like, okay, what do we do? Like, how do I feed this gift? Yeah. Yeah. How do I not crush it? Right. And that becomes the struggle. It's like, how do I make the kid at least enjoy playing chess? But he also gets a glimpse inside, like, the circuit of, like, adult men who just play chess all their lives. And it's sort of... It's sort of sad when he goes into some of these like tournaments and whatnot, and, and takes a look, and so he's kind of like, I don't know. It's about the balance of like, how do you, how do you, f- sort of foster and care for a child's talent without smothering, being overbearing, yeah, right. And he's, I don't know. I think the all the characters are really well done because there's not like a. There's not like a bad guy character. No, no, there's really good where like they want Ben Kingsley to be this like super expensive chess teacher pretty much. Mm. And like come coach the kid up. But the kid takes to this guy like Homeless Guy in the Park. Yeah. yeah. Like uh, the Rucker Park equivalent. Lawrence Fishburne. Lawrence Fishburne, who's like just as good as Ben Kingsley, but is like different, like not mathematical about chess the way that aggressive and trying to throw your opponents off right. while Kingsley is more about the classical style of, of, you know, memorizing moves and knowing, moving pieces with your hand. And it's it. What I, yeah. <laughs> what I like That's the strategy. What's the strategy? Yeah. No, use your teeth. Yeah. <laughs> Freak them out. That would be. Awesome. <laughs> you're not allowed to take your move back if you take your hand off it. They don't see anything with your face. <laughs> Fitzgerald wants you to come to just matches wearing like your shirt or your legs and your pants and shoes on your pants. 
walk up to the chessboard. That'll freak him out. But I'm off the game. Like I, I like your visual aid that you would, for some reason, you would walk, walk like a hieroglyphic. You got your shoes on. Looks like you're doing a handstand, but you're not. That's the joke. <laughs> this, is, this is how I regularly walk also. <laughs> like I'm fucking saddled on a horse. <laughs> I'm an idiot. It's good though, the big chess scene at the end is really good. Yeah. I like how like they've got those two sort of competing styles and it's like neither one's wrong. Yeah. He, and I like how they don't really like try to say it's is, is there no like animosity between Kingsley and Fishburne's characters? A little bit. It, it's it's a little bit, but it's not overdone. It's not overdramatic. It's not. It's sort of slight. Yeah. It's sort of like slight irritation between them. Um, and that's the the fun part. It's uh, not really a spoiler, but the fun part is like they kind of succeed in not smothering the kid. Mm-hmm. He's in this like chess match playing this kid who's like ranked higher than he is, who's older, right? Yeah, and he's also he's very scared by people who can beat him. The main kid. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he pretty much offers a draw to this kid. Mm. And the kid's looking at the board and he's like, no. And the kid after, the kid who offered the draw just kind of curb stomps him after that. Yeah. It <laughs> like a dark turn. <laughs> <laughs> so it's actually an American History X prequel. Makes him, makes him like bite the chessboard. <laughs> <laughs> um... But yeah, I totally recommend that movie. It's on Amazon Prime, and it's, it's, the, it's the kind of movie I would scroll past for years. And uh, it does look really boring from the the cover. From and the cover, yes. Yeah. But and, you, and even the cast makes it seem boring. Joan Allen, Lawrence Fishburne, Ben Kingsley, Laura Linney, William H Macy, Joe Montana. Who, bring, H- who brings the spark to that? William H Macy, like three years before Fargo, um, didn't really know William H Macy in the. What anything else he did in the early '90s, and then uh, that's Laura Linney. It's very early Laura Linney. Yeah, she's in like one scene, but um, anyway, it's really good. Well, coincidentally, I did watch another Joan Allen movie. Um, this one, a There's little no coincidences with you and the movies you watch. A little more interesting. <laughs> Wait a minute, Affleck to Allen. <laughs> I'm not I, convinced. It's been a long time since I watched a Ben Affleck movie. Yeah, because you watched them all. <laughs> There's no more for you to watch. I'm just saying Joan Allen could come next. And don't roll your eyes oh, like this would be crazy because you do some crazy shit she, when you watch movies. She could. She could. Uh, no, watch. Maybe I'll do that. Maybe I'll just watch the Joan Allen movies. Um, <laughs> but no. Uh, I wouldn't be able to pick she in the book, you think? Oh. Does she make the book? I think so. I would think so. Probably. Um, I don't know what you guys talking about. <laughs> but I don't think I'd be able to pick Joan Allen out of a room full of a hundred people who I do know. But this movie, this next movie, is I definitely don't think of it as a Joan Allen movie because I watched 1997's Face Off. Sick! <laughs> so, when I was a kid, I thought that movie was amazing. And then you watched it again and you confirmed it. And then I thought that movie was terrible because it's overacted and over the top and ridiculous and just nonsense. And then I realized that's the point. This movie's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Face Off is 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 a like C movie made well. Yes, with stars just being absolutely absurd in every scene, and it's amazing. I mean, I think that the like. 
dove count in that movie is like over 40. Like <laughs> so the, many doves. There's at least five different scenes of like slow motion entering a room and then like doves flutter across the there's foreground. A, there's a scene where uh, it's at the beginning when they're uh, at the airport in the hangar trying to take Caster Troy and uh, there's some FBI agent who like <laughs> you see him run he's got like a I don't know he's got a gun and he, you see him run and you can see like these cables sort of dangling <laughs> above him. Like, is that can is he already in his harness for some for something that's happened? And it cuts back to Caster Troy, like shooting with a shotgun, and then you see the guy like fly up, and then you see the the cables like drape down a little bit. It's like this is some really lazy like editing, editing. Yeah. but they don't care. That's not the point. No, no. Um, that is. I don't know if that's the earliest case of Nicolas Cage just being turned turn to 11. But it's damn close. It's it's one of the first instances of somebody just being like, holy shit, let's just... Let's take, let him go. Let's just <laughs> let him go. Let's unhinge him. Yeah. And you know from the get-go that movie's going to be off its rocker when he's dressed as the priest... <laughs> that fit, the face and he grabs the girl's butt and he's just, and he's I, this won't come through on the podcast but it's the ah, face and it's so insane uh that movie is still who so plays funny. the uh sister Gina Gina Gershon yeah yeah and the, is the daughter somebody that we know no she's John the Travolta daughter yes J- uh, John Allen's daughter I guess I shouldn't say Travolta. Yeah, I was like, but, um, it's uh, Dominique Swain. She was in some stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, but there's some others. Delroy Lindo, I want to say, was in it. Was that right? Maybe. Like black, like FBI agent. Oh no, that's uh, it's the guy who it's a uh, it's the guy who played Bunny on The Wire, which you uh, would not. Mm. Um, you'd recognize him from other things. I think his name's Robert something. Um, but uh, who's the head of the FBI? Phil House. We should watch. Who has the heart attack? Nobody I recognize. Okay. Although I think he's in one of the Fargo movies. It's either Fargo or Far- the Fargo TV show. I think he plays the father-in-law in either the movie or the first season or the first season. Hmm. I watched it recently and it had pretty much the same. It was like the third or fourth time I'd watched it and kind of had the same. Like, oh, if you allow yourself to just enjoy the badness, it's great. Yeah. I don't know. I, re- I realize there's just something magical about cer- certain actors just being let loose to just be batshit crazy. And Travolta plays that well, too. I mean, yeah. that, like, crazy fucking maniacal. He can hit it sometimes. And he gets to do it for more of the movie than Cage does. That's why Cage has to, like... Cage... Choose through his scenes as Caster as Caster Troy, yeah, because he only gets like three of them, so he has to be way over the top. Right. See, I would be on board if now the next movie you watched was Snake Eyes, and you just kept watching Nicolas Cage movies. No, don't watch that. What's that one called? Where oh. he's trying to find the eight millimeter, the snuff film. Yeah, yeah. Fuck that movie. Never see it. Never seen Snake. It's Eyes. just so. <laughs> Dog was just laying here, just kicking me, <laughs> just like it's uh so into the like snuff aspect that it just made me like sick. The one time I watched it, I just didn't want to. He's got a really good scene watching a snuff film, and you're only seeing his face. 
and it's just super kind of like seeing a true detective when Woody Harrelson finally watches the video yeah and you're just it makes you feel gross even though you don't see it and Woody Harrelson's like almost puking he gets really angry it really fucking sucks but face off's great yeah, it's fun. <laughs> yeah, I'd seen. Like I said, yeah, I, yeah, I had yeah. a VHS copy when I was a kid. Right. Um, but the prison. The last time I watched it, I laughed so hard. I totally forgot about the boots. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's like this is so fucking dumb. Also, for the character of Sean Archer, who's gone undercover as Caster Troy, should really be more aware that he's undercover as Caster Troy, I think, since he's gone through a surgical process to have his face changed. And instead, he's the first guy he sees in prison, he's just like, I busted you. I mean, Sean Archer busted you for, you know, <laughs> drugs 15 years ago, right? It's like, holy shit, man. You had one job to do. <laughs> and it should be easy since they switched your face. <laughs> and the whole body. Yeah. Then he looks like he's upset that he got into a fight, and then he finally sees uh, the brother looking at him. Pollux. Pollux Troy. And, uh... Clever. They should have just called him Romulus and Remus. Right. <laughs> and, uh, see, you get another great cage face there, which is just the... Eh? <laughs> so, yeah. I think you if you... I'm sure someone has done like top twenty five Nicholas Cage faces from movies <laughs> list, but I'm sure Face Off has several in there. Um, Which is kind of ironic. <laughs> yeah. It being the face off. Face off. Yeah. <laughs> I love the science too in the uh scene. <laughs> Just like screens where his body's rotating for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yes. Movie science. Ugh. Yeah. I miss, I don't know, miss over-the-top movies like that. I feel like we don't get enough of those anymore. They still make them. Yeah. Nicolas Cage was in a remake of the, what's it called? The... It sounded like you were ready for this sentence. Movie, movie <laughs> where everybody goes to heaven naked. What's it called? I don't know that, but The Wicker Man? No. Is that what that is? What's it called? City uh, of Angels? No. What is it called? Both of those are remakes. <laughs> yeah, do people... Does the entire earth go to heaven naked? Focus on that and not the other thing I said. Kick-ass? <laughs> <laughs> I forget what it's called. The, the Family Bible. Man? When the you, Weatherman? When you do that. When you what? Ghost Rider? Rapture. Yes. Thanks is that what the movie's called? Yes. Okay. <laughs> it's a remake because Kirk Cameron made the first one. <laughs> you, you just tell me thanks for oh, trying. Like left Behind? <laughs> left Behind? Yeah, Left Behind. Okay. Of the Nicolas Cage movies that I haven't seen that I want to see. Left Behind is number one. <laughs> I don't know what that movie is. You have to explain it. Uh, <laughs> uh, Season of the Witch just looks awesome. He That's is, one that pops up in a lot of like yeah. craziest Nicolas Cage moments. Because he's like a... I think I may have seen part of it. But he's like a, he's like a demon slayer. Um, Checks out. I want to see the movie Trust just because Nicolas Cage has an awesome looking mustache. Which covers 70% of his face. <laughs> uh, uh, whoever's got homework next should have signed a Nicolas Cage movie and we should have a draft of movies that should have had Nicolas Cage in them. <laughs> Why is he in so many like medieval like knights and... <laughs> yeah, with a face. It's, it is weird that both he is that interested. Like, he thinks, this is the role for me. 
And also that directors think he is the person for this role. He is apparently the lead in the Rob Zombie movie Werewolf Women of the SS. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure that you get some pretty choice Nicolas Cage in that. I don't know. I I could just keep naming movies that he's in. But we should probably move on. (laughs) Yes, let's move on. Oh, he's got a pretty sick goatee in Zandali. He's got... Uh, oh, he had some good faces in that movie me and you watched from last year. Where all the parents try to kill all the kids. And then they go to... Oh, Mom yeah. Mom and dad. Mom and Mom dad. dad. So say, and then they go to heaven naked. <laughs> 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 He's also got some good facial hair at the beginning of Face Off. It's completely ridiculous. Oh, just like the one soul stripe? No, it's it's a big... It's like a big bushy mustache when... It's the flashback to when he uh. shot... Archer's kid. He's like a sniper on the hill. I totally forgot about that. He's in the middle of the park. (laughs) There's a merry-go-round that Archer and his kid are on, but Nicolas Cage is just fucking in the middle of a park, laying down on a blanket with a giant fucking sniper rifle. (laughs) I like the kid on the merry-go-round, too. It's like level 8 of sniper iPhone game. (laughs) Shoot the kid on the merry-go-round. Yeah. It's like so... Why did he wait until she got off the fucking merry-go-round? It's a busy, it easier. It's a busy park. Why, are, why does nobody see him? He's <laughs> not undercover. He's laying down everywhere you look. <laughs> yes. So, uh, anyway, it's not a movie made to be thought about, though. That's the that's the fun of Face Off. Anyway, let's talk uh, Breezy on the Streets. Breezy. We got a huge piece of news because we spent... Like 45 minutes talking about this thing that's not going to happen it's now. It's not going to happen. We did it, guys. Yeah. We broke it. <laughs> we'll take full credit. The Oscars have decided uh, JK on the uh, popular film category. Yeah, JK on the award that we never decided how we were going to award it. Yeah. Maybe we should fire the uh, CEO of MoviePass, who is in charge of RPR as well. And let's get our act together before we announce shit. Yeah, it would have been... It's totally, like, backwards. Like, it'd be like if you just, like, went to the dealer and got in a car and tried to crack it with some keys you had. And then we're just like, buying a car. (laughs) Well, yeah, don't announce the thing unless you know how the thing's going to work. It's like, you know. Because everyone's complaint about it is, I don't think this is going to work well. Yeah. those are things you could have hammered out beforehand. Yeah. What are the details? We're not releasing those yet. Yeah. You don't know them. Yeah. There's no reason not to release them. Right. Yeah. It's like, well, what do you think the details are? <laughs> I'm just asking to see if you know. Yeah. <laughs> How do you think it should work? Yeah. I mean, too, they just got immediately, like, it was that was announced. And that day, there was a news clip from Chadwick Boseman. Yep. It was like, if there's a campaign, it will be for one award. And that's the best picture. Right. And I feel like the Oscars were like, well, shit. <laughs> this ain't working out. We were, we were It's going to really be hard if no movies want to win the award. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah, we've created a category that no movies want to win. Yeah, and... We don't know how we're going to give them to it anyway. Give it to them anyway. Right. We'll probably invite them on stage like everyone else, but... <laughs> I don't know, though. <laughs> Wouldn't put it past them. <laughs> they have to use like fan energy to load a trebuchet. Yeah, it's like, all right, I got an idea. We'll have two awards a day that could be one. <laughs> <laughs> we make them log on in the morning to see which two were given out that day. Sometimes then they can submit if they want either one of those awards. 
But they can only get them when no one else wants them. Yeah, they can only get them between 1 and 3 a.m. <laughs> but yeah, that's... I I mean, it's it's a good decision. Yes. To, to don't, don't compound mistakes. Just be like, okay, that was bad, bro. We'll back up on that. Which is what they did, so... Yeah. We're making fun of them, but... Um, I'm happy they did it. It's just... It's just so knee-jerk. Like... Either make the award and stick with it, or don't announce it. What's weird is that I never read anything about the Disney backlash on like major publications. Mm-mm. So the fact that this was Disney's call, and I'll have to talk to David more about that and see if he knows anything extra. But it's weird that Disney, because I feel like Disney would have been like fucking take the heat. Yeah, we, we want Oscars, right? Uh, also in news, uh, Burt Reynolds passed away this week. Yeah. Movie star Burt Reynolds. Sorry, buddy. I read a good article about Mark Wahlberg and him on the set of Boogie Nights. Anybody catch any of that? Mm-mm. It was pretty much that Burt Reynolds didn't understand PTA's direction or script. And was just like, this is crazy. I'm going to do it with an Irish accent. The character of Jack Horner. And Paul Thomas Anderson was like, alright, yeah, go for it. And then it happened for a couple of scenes and Mark Wahlberg couldn't stop laughing during like dramatic <laughs> scenes. And he went to PTA after the day and he was like, are we letting him do this? And he was like, he's gonna stop that shit. Just <laughs> letting him figure it out. Like, it's totally worth not pissing off Burt Reynolds. Just let him do Irish for 18 hours and then yeah. he'll be like, this is dumb, right? And I'll go, yes, it is dumb. <laughs> but yeah, uh, it was Burt Wahlberg pretty much saying Burt Reynolds didn't understand that movie or he would have won an Oscar. He just didn't want to campaign for it because he didn't know what it was about. <laughs> it was just like, yeah, I'll make this weird movie. Paul Thomas Anderson really wanted him as that character. I mean, he was fucking great in the movie. Yeah. Yeah, I like Bert. There, I, I posted a couple in our in our Facebook group. The movies by us. It's not called the movies. It's movies by us. <laughs> but uh, I posted a couple articles about Bert in, in there, and it's I don't know. I thought it was, he's a, he had an interesting acting career just because he he really passed up a lot of like award worthy roles. Yeah. Because he just wanted to make movies with his friends. <laughs> and just have fun making movies. And he would like later admit, he was like, Yeah, I probably should have done... Um, I shot, I probably should have played McMurtry in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Like yeah. they wanted me to. But, eh, whatever. I wanted to make McCluskey's Revenge or whatever. <laughs> right. Um, but that's a... I, I guess that's about it. Um, I didn't really go digging for any stories this week. What's coming out this weekend? Oh, little Sp- Spider-Man Four came—not Spider-Man Four, Marvel Spider-Man the video game came out. It's getting great reviews. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Listener Brady has been posting some stuff on Games by Us about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Looks neat. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I may have to get that one. I don't. I don't get a lot of new games, but you need to bridge the gap between now and Red Dead Redemption Two. Take us out. We can always we can always edit this to make us sound quicker and more clever. <laughs> we just think of more. Uh, Is it cl- cleverer. Cleverer. No. All right. Well, that's been Talkie Talk podcast for the Media By Us. Check out our website mediabyus.com, where we occasionally write things. Uh, check out our Facebook groups. It occasionally puts podcasts. <laughs> we do occasionally. <laughs> this will be up at some point. Wait. I, don't, I guess I don't need, if you're listening to this, I don't need to tease that this will be up at some point. <laughs> this has been put up at some point. 
Um, so you think. <laughs> uh, our Facebook groups are Games By Us, Movies By Us, and TV By Us. You can tweet tweet with us at the Media By Us. Uh, you can email us electronically through the mail at themediabyus at gmail.com. You can send us a letter in the post. <laughs> just address it to the media bias. It'll probably get here. <laughs> We're known. Um, you like that joke? It is known. You like that joke? It is known. <sighs> Please subscribe to the podcast. That's like the most important thing you can do is subscribe to the podcast and or give us a rating. Um, last but not least, we would like to thank the Willow Walkers. Hey, Willow Walkers. For providing our intro music, and like to thank Burifa, Burifa, Burifa for the outro music that you are probably already listening to. All Yay. right, that's it, everybody. And thanks, lady. Go home, spend some time with your Burifa. families. Bye. Burifa. Burifa. kicking rocks down old dusty roads. Small town, slow pokes, long time ago. Kicking out records of all the things that I know. All the things that I know.